0: This is Nita Erlein, and you are listening to the TRC Ministries podcast. The vision of TRC Ministries is to see individuals fulfill their calling under the authority of the Church using the resources of the Kingdom of God. In this fourth part of the Life-Giving Gospel series, Karis Nordland talks about citizenship in the Kingdom of God. As believers, we have been rescued out of the Kingdom of Darkness and brought into the Kingdom of God. We have been adopted as children of God and have His spirit indwelling us. Yet we don't automatically have perfect understanding. We need to grow in our knowledge and relationship with the king and put everything under his rule as he teaches us how to live in his kingdom. Here is Karis Nordland teaching at Country Faith Church in Bemidji, Minnesota. This
1: week we talked about what is the gospel? And we uh, saw that Jesus proclaimed the gospel of God and that it was about the availability of the kingdom of God and that it had arrived here and that we were invited and able to be a part of that. And the second week, we talked about, okay, well, what is the kingdom of God then, and realized that a kingdom um, is defined by who is in charge and what they are in charge of. And so God is in charge of his kingdom, and he has the ability and the power and the right to be in charge of everything, and yet he created man with free will, and so For a time, there are areas where the rule of God, um, where He restrains Himself and allows us to choose to deny His rule in our lives, in our realm, and so we define the kingdom of God as anywhere, right? Because it could be anywhere, anywhere that God's will is done. And then the next week we looked at well, there's two choices. Um, We can choose either the kingdom of God. Or we can choose the kingdom of darkness. Those are our two choices. So we looked at what would we be choosing in either of those kingdoms. We looked at the resources, what the rulers were like, um, the battle that we face, what the battle looks like in either of those kingdoms, because those kingdoms are at war. And this week, we're going to be talking about citizenship. So, citizenship in the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be a citizen in the kingdom of God? What does that mean for our life? What does that look like? I just want to read Colossians 1, 13 and 14. It says, For he... Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so when we make that choice, when we say, yes, we want to take advantage of this offer that Jesus gives, that we can be a part of his kingdom, that we can be in his kingdom, we are being transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, and we are being transferred in to the kingdom of light. That's what Colossians says. So citizenship, if we are citizens in this kingdom of light, citizenship means being subject to the ruler of the kingdom that you're a citizen in. You are subject to the government, the laws, and the rule of the ruler in that kingdom. And in addition to that, it means that the ruler of other kingdoms do not get to rule over you. You are governed by the ruler of the kingdom that you are a citizen in. So when Jesus rescues us out of the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light, that means that the ruler of the kingdom of darkness, Satan, does not have the right to rule in our lives. He does not have that. Praise God. Yes, thank you. But it means that God does have the right to rule in our lives. Does this make sense? Satan does not have the right over our lives, but God does. We need to ask ourselves, are we trying to be the king in God's kingdom? We, if we are in the kingdom of God, we have been rescued by Jesus, we need to recognize that it's the kingdom of God that God is the ruler in his kingdom and that when we are a citizen in his kingdom, we are choosing to be subject to his rule. One thing that we have to consider is we have been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness. That means we are accustomed to a way of life that fits in the kingdom of darkness. This is what is normal. This is what feels normal right? This is what we're used to. This is also often the way of life that we see around us in many people that have not acknowledged the rule of God and have not chosen his kingdom. So we have to understand that there is a way of life that fits in this kingdom. There's kind of a culture and a way that things are set up, and it looks very, very different from the way of life and the culture and the ways that things are set up in the kingdom of God. So when um, we are thinking about, okay, we want to live in the kingdom of God, we have to understand that there's a lot of ways that we used to walk that we no longer walk in. We have to understand that there, there has to be a shift in mindset. And I'm going to read a large chunk of scriptures out of Ephesians. And he talks about this, Paul talks about this in Ephesians. I'm going to start in Ephesians 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of obedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. This is a picture of life in the kingdom of darkness. But... God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So there was a way of life that we used to walk in, but God, by His grace, saved us. And we're going to come back to that. We. Are dependent on the grace of God. We are not dependent on ourselves and our works. It is God and His grace and His gift that saves us from the kingdom of darkness into the king of His beloved Son. We're gonna to skip to Ephesians 4, 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is a very clear picture. There is a way that you used to walk according to the desires of your flesh, and that was a way of death. But now there is a new way that we are called to walk in. And it looks like the likeness of God. I mean, there is a way that God is. And he wants his people to be like him in his kingdom. Paul has a whole list of contrasts. If you keep reading in that chapter 4, this is what it looks like in the kingdom of darkness. You're, you're stealing. But in the kingdom of light, you're being productive and you're giving, right? So he has this whole kind of contrast, and you can read through those. He's trying to illustrate things look different. And then in Ephesians 5 1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor f- foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. They don't belong. there's that shift, right? Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. There are so many, many, many scriptures trying to help us understand this contrast between there's a way of life, there is some a way that fits with the kingdom of darkness, and the fruit of those things, that way of life, is death. But there is a way of life that's set up in the kingdom of God, and it's full of goodness and light. And so you don't belong to these ways of living anymore. You belong to a new way of living, and it looks like God. It looks like what Jesus walked out. In fact, Jesus is our example. Many times we are exhorted to look to Christ as our example. It takes a shift In our mindset. I'm going to read in Romans 8, 5 through 9. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. If we are citizens in the kingdom of God, we cannot be hostile to God. We have to change our mindset there is a way of living there is a way of thinking in the kingdom of darkness and it's set on the flesh and it leads to death but there is a way of living and a way of thinking in the kingdom of god that is submitted to god as our ruler and it leads to life so we have to consider that mindset there are many scriptures about this as well as in Colossians 3, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Romans 12, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It takes a shift in mindset. It takes a shift in mindset. Now, we are citizens in the kingdom of God. And you know, citizenship is different than being an immigrant, kind of temporarily enjoying things in a country. Um, For example, if you break a law in a country as a citizen, you're not worried about being stripped of your status as a citizen. There may be consequences, there uh, may be things that happen, but you're not worried about them saying, oh, you're a bad person, we're gonna ship you off to a different country. If you're an immigrant and you go against the ways of the country that you're in and you break the law, there's a very real possibility that you will be kicked out of the country, right? But we, and we read it in Ephesians, we are not immigrants in the kingdom of God. When we are invited into the kingdom of God, we are not immigrants, we are not even merely citizens, we are considered family. We are children of God. So we do not have to be afraid, right, of our frailty and our sin and our kind of ways of life that we have learned from the kingdom of darkness. As we are becoming like Christ and becoming like God, we do not have to be afraid. Of you know, God saying, Nope, you're out. We're not out. By the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are in. We are children of God. But we need to understand that we want to have good and effective lives in the kingdom of God. We don't want to be hampered by anything. We want we want to understand how to Walk in the promises of God, and we want to understand how to have this good and abundant life that is open to us. As a U.S. citizen, one of the rights that we have is we can learn and apply for a driver's license. So, when you reach a certain age, you go through class and whatever, and you can have a driver's license, and it allows you a certain amount of freedom. You can get around a lot easier and all of that. So that's one of our rights. Now, if I have a driver's license, say that's my right to have a driver's license and I'm gonna use it, and I drive 150 miles an hour down Main Street in Bagley, something's gonna happen, right? I am going to lose my license. There is a right that I have as a citizen that is going to be hampered for a little while because this right, there is an area, that I am not submitting to the rules of our governing authorities. So if I decide that I do not like what the speed limit is, and I'm not going to listen to those things, my license is not going to help me, right, get out of those rules. I have to be submitted to the laws governing those things. And so if we want to be effective, if we want to have effective lives in the kingdom of God, full of freedom, we have to let every area of our life be submitted to the ways and the rule of God. There are many people that are covered by the blood of Christ, but they're refusing the rule of Christ in some areas of their lives. And they have no idea why they are not seeing the promises of God come to fruition in their lives. If we are not submitting our lives to the full rule of God, we are going to be frustrated by the results in our life. God wants to get his power behind us. He wants to help us to enjoy every good thing that he has offered us. But, you know, he also has a plan for his kingdom. He's got things going on, and he's not going to endorse things that are contrary to, to what he has set up and what he wants to see in his kingdom. But if we understand the ways of the kingdom of God and if we understand what he has called us to and we are trying to stay in step with that, there is a freedom that comes. There is um, a power that he exerts behind The things that we are doing, he says, yes, I am going to get behind this, and yes, I want to see this happen. We don't want to be hampered in any way in our walk in the kingdom of God. Why would we want to take anything from this kingdom of darkness with us? Why would we want to inherit anything from that? We just got rescued out of it. We don't want to take that with. So being in the kingdom of God means being submitted to the rule of God. And as we read in Ephesians 5, we're supposed to be imitators of God, as children of God. We want to look like him. Jesus came and he showed us what that looks like, right? How to live in the kingdom of God, what that looks like. The phrase that came to mind was a chip off the old block, right? We can be, we can become like Christ. We are called to walk As Christ did and become like God. And it is a process, but we want to experience the full freedom and the full benefits of the kingdom of God. And it takes being submitted to the rule of God. So again, we can check our hearts. Are there areas of our life that we are trying to refuse the rule of God? We're pretty good at compartmentalizing our lives. You know, we have this, this little area, and it's at home, and this, this area may be at work, or um, our money, or things like that. Is every area of our life submitted to the rule of God? And when we submit it, that's when we find freedom. OK, so how do we live as citizens in the kingdom of God? Well, we talked about we're submitted to the rule of God. You know, there's this idea that I've kind of seen in different people's lives and heard them talk about. There's this idea that living in the kingdom of God is kind of doing churchy things, and it's this idea that when we live in the kingdom of God, those are the churchy things, and then when we're not doing churchy things, we're just kind of trying to muddle through the best that we can, and that's kind of like regular life. And that if we want to spend more time in the kingdom of God, then we have to do more churchy things and less regular life. And if we want to like really live in the kingdom of God, then we're going to quit our regular life and we'll become like a missionary or a pastor or something that we can just do full-time churchy things. And then we'll really be in the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is not a destination. It's a way of life. So we don't have to try to get somewhere or be involved in a specific thing to be living in the kingdom of God. It's this attitude of submission to God. God's kingdom is where God's will is done. Can God's will be done in our regular life? Yes, of course. Our regular life is talked about so much in the scripture. It's a part of where God wants to be involved. So the challenge is not trying to go find the Kingdom of God somewhere to live in it. The challenge is living in such a way that the Kingdom of God goes with us wherever we go and in whatever we're doing. That we're taking this attitude of submission to the rule of God everywhere that we go. I had an interesting experience as an 11-year-old and I had been homeschooled my whole life And then I wanted to play volleyball in the school system, which you're able to do, at least in my school district where I grew up, still able to do sports in the public school system. So I started playing volleyball. And it was interesting because I would get this, like, kind of weird feeling. I would walk into the doors of the school, and there would just be kind of like a heaviness that I would experience. And I'd always get this, like, little tight, just almost like anxiety just like right before I would open the doors and walk in and I would just feel kind of this heaviness sitting on me and it was so strange and then I would you know get in with my team and start doing the drills and whatever and I'd kind of forget about it but it would happen every time and it was so strange and I remember talking to my dad I was like this weird thing happens I don't know I don't know what it is and he's like well you're Feeling you're, you're experiencing, um, you're sensing the powers of darkness that are there, that are at rule there. And you know, as a eleven year old, my eyes are like saucers, and I'm like, what? You know, rule the kingdom of darkness there. And he said, but don't worry, you are bringing the kingdom of light wherever you, wherever you go. So when you walk in, you're bringing the kingdom of God there. And I was like, oh okay, you know, (laughs) as a lover, but that's really, we are trying to bring the kingdom of God with us wherever we go, and we do that when we are submitted to the rule of God. I have a little bit of a pet peeve, and you know, it's kind of a strange one, so I don't ask you to adopt it by any means, but people get really upset. Well, they took prayer out of schools, really upset about that, and I think The kingdom of darkness does not have enough power to refuse the kingdom of God anywhere. Jesus came, and he broke the powers of darkness, and he said the kingdom has arrived. And so it does not have enough power to refuse the kingdom of God access anywhere. We can go anywhere, and we can pray. And it doesn't have to be out loud, and it doesn't have to be, you know, obnoxious. We don't have to be preaching, but we can bring the kingdom of God there, and we can pray in our spirits, and we can pray in our hearts. If you're a student, if you're a teacher, if you work in a government office, if you anywhere, we are bringing the kingdom of God. And if believers take a hold of that idea, and we say, I am submitted to the rule of God wherever I go, then the rule of God will reign anywhere that we are going. We can bring the kingdom of God with us into every area of life. And it takes that shift in mindset. What are we setting our minds on? So, living in the kingdom of God looks like me living my life the way Jesus would if he were I. It looks like you living your life the way Jesus would if he were you. We sometimes get this idea that if we want to be like Jesus, we have to live his life. We have to go, you know, preach on mountains and try to go heal people and things like that. But no, we're called to live our life, our calling, what God has set up for us, but in a way that Jesus walked. So living in the kingdom of God looks like taking up the example of Christ in our lives. That means our parenting and our working and our friendships. In all these things, we are doing the things that we have been called to the way that Jesus would if he were us. The other thing that we need to understand is that God is not trying to micromanage us. When God created Adam and Eve, He gave them dominion. He asked them to rule over an area. So God is not trying to take our lives and just micromanage us and tell us, okay, I want you to eat this and say these things and, you know, all this stuff. He is trying to help us learn how to rule our realm in a way that works in his kingdom. He's trying to help us understand in our minds what he is like and to know him deeply and to take that knowledge and that intimacy with him and put that into everything that we do, the things that we are over. And so we need to um, be in prayer, be in the word, understand who God is, understand how Christ walked, and then our minds will be set and ready for when we are making our own decisions in our realms that they fit with what God's doing and in his kingdom and what he's trying to get done. There was um, kind of an aside that I wasn't sure I was going to bring in today, but I feel a little bit led to. When we are born as a little tiny baby, we don't have a lot of choices. So our realm, we can see, manifests itself in what our choices are. What we have the ability to choose um, is where our power is. So as a little baby, we don't really have much of a realm, right? We are just helpless and we are fed and clothed and all that by our parents. And then, as we grow, our realm kind of grows with us. As a two-year-old, you have a few choices that you make. As a parent of a two-year-old, you realize children have um, a will, and they have these choices that they're making. And there's a little bit that they have choices over, but then you get to be eight. Eight-year-olds have a lot more that they're choosing. So our realm kind of grows as we grow. The change between an eight-year-old's choices and an 18-year-old's choices is vast, right? We have to understand kind of that growth of our realm. And um, I want to give this challenge to the teenagers and the young people here. When we are born into a family, where our parents are submitted to the rule of God, we get to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is there in our home, even outside of our choice. But as we grow, our choices start affecting more and more of our life and what we enjoy. So as a teenager, Um, you're starting to learn about your realm, what you have choices over and what you get to control. And those choices start affecting what you experience. They start affecting whether you're experiencing more of the kingdom of God or more of the kingdom of darkness. Your parents' choices in their realm... As um, less and less in control of your life and your own choices are more and more affecting your life. And so you get to have the experience of trying to learn what kingdom you want to be a part of. When you start deciding what what kind of choices you're going to make, which... Um, which part of that life you wanna you wanna have? And it's there's almost like an in between that kind of happens. You're kind of you're making your own choices, but you're still enjoying the benefits of the kingdom that you were raised in. But when we have our own kingdom, when we're in our own um, house and we're making our own choices and things like that, we are affected by our choices by whether we are choosing the kingdom of darkness or whether we are choosing the kingdom of God. And so I would say, consider those choices and consider which kingdom you'd like to be in. Choose life. Um, we have about 10 minutes left. So I want to just invite anyone, if you have questions, ask questions. Do you have thoughts? Share your thoughts. I'd Love to hear what you guys are thinking and considering as you've been listening this morning.
0: I've been thinking about your example, you know, of being in this a citizen of the United States of America and your driver's license example. And um, I'm just wondering if you can give an example, you know, on the as being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you know, what kind of thing would we break and what would it look like? You know, you might go to jail for what you did, but what happens to us then? So I'm just looking for you to flush that all out in the spiritual kingdom.
1: There's, there's kind of... Um a joy in the presence of the Lord that we experience. Sometimes that can get a little bound by our choices, I think. I am um, not. I don't think I'm going to come up with a very good example for you right now on the spot, but I think it's a good question, and I think it's one that we should consider. Um, when we are reading the scriptures, you know, what God has called us to, it's good to think, okay, are there things that— is in opposition to the things that God wants to give me? Are there things that are hampering these things? So I think it's good for us to think of those things. And I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to come up with a very good example right on the spot. Okay, Okay, Becky is a good creative thinker. Um, So when you get married, you have a license to enjoy an amazing relationship with your spouse. But if you decide to have an affair with somebody, you're not going to go to jail. In the world, right? I mean, you know, you have then, you've, you've lost your license to really
0: enjoy a fruitful relationship with your spouse until, you know, you've repented and, and have gained that license back. It'll affect things for a little while. But
1: I think that's an, maybe an example.
2: Really, it's, uh, if you do commit something against God, you, you really, you, could, you would most likely, what I see, is you would lose some of the blessings that God has. That's what you'd lose, you know. Really, you go to jail, you lose your freedom, you know, when you do something in the world. But in God, you lose some of his blessings.
3: One of the things that, uh, you know, the mustard seed guys, and we've been going through is um, the Holy Spirit is your friend. And Robert Morris brings out, you lose intimacy with God. And so when you sin, you it's not like you're totally abandoned and going to hell, but you lose intimacy with the Holy Spirit and with God. And that relationship is broken.
2: So um, one of the things that I wanted to say is that when we stay in the will of, of the Lord, we do have that relationship and we have that place of peace. And when we are starting to veer off, even if we are just going in a direction that God doesn't want us to, he'll, he'll create that sandpaper and uneasiness and um, our conscience is our guide. But once we start sinning um, and we do that repeatedly, um, our conscience gets seared And so we don't even think of it as sin. Like when I was in the world, before I was a Christian, I was a woman at the well. And the first times I sinned, I'll just say it that way, (laughs) it was uncomfortable. But as my life went on, my conscience got seared. And so um, I became dead to that sin. And um, then when God started working on me again, he started bringing that back to life. And so God is so loving and so forgiving that even if we do sin, we do lose our peace and our, our blessings, like the gentleman said here, but he is so good to bring them back. Mm-hmm. He really is. Mm-hmm. He's so merciful.
1: I guess more specifically
2: uh was thinking so to go along with your driving example
1: uh you lose your license you can no longer work uh or it's very difficult for you to get to work and do what you're supposed to be doing and I think when you're when you're in God's kingdom and you people see what you're doing and they see you sinning they see you, if if you're, if you're going that wrong path and doing things that you're not supposed to do that's not in God's will, your effectiveness with everyone around you is lost. And so you can no longer go to work. You're no longer effective in God's kingdom. And I think that's, or you're
2: less effective, or you're actually effective in the wrong way.
0: I think, too, uh, one of my favorite things about being a part of the kingdom is I have access to the king, and I can just go to his feet whenever I want, whenever I need. But when I sin, whether it's in tithes and offerings or anything else that God's been rebuking the devourer for my sake, the enemy comes in and devours my confidence, and he he puts shame and guilt there instead, and so I hesitate to go to the king, and I'm losing that benefit of being law-abiding, if you will, in the kingdom.
3: I think in some spiritual manner, too, our choices to uh, walk in the kingdom of darkness affects the body of Christ as well. And I also, Adele, so much appreciate your thoughts on prayer in schools. And I so much believe that there that the lord has put so many godly teachers and paraprofessionals cooks bus drivers godly people and yes our our voices are muted but there are so many godly people in our schools who are praying Mm -hmm. and they are praying for those children and they are serving those children and it has gotten harder and harder. But these children, it, it really hit home to me that these children, many of them are coming from the kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the benefits of children who have been raised in the kingdom of light, mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So it was a good reminder to me to just again, you know, try to be Jesus to them. Mm-hmm.
1: I think this idea of what is the gospel is really important, because if we think the gospel is just about getting to heaven, we don't—it doesn't matter how you live here on earth, because God's grace is there. But if we understand that we get to live in the kingdom of God now, that we can have an abundant and effective life in the kingdom of God now, all of a sudden it starts wondering, well, how— Should I live now then? It affects how we consider our lives now if we have a true understanding of the proclamation of the gospel that Jesus brought. Next week, we're going to be talking about the kingdom and the church and how that kind of um, fits together. And so we can look forward to that next week. And then that is our last week of the series. So have a blessed week, you guys.
0: Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And for more information on TRC Ministries or to contact us, go to www.regenerationcenter.org.